0: Welcome to the She Did It Her Way Podcast, a collective of interviews with top female entrepreneurs from around the globe who have done it their way. These women are disruptors, savvy, courageous, confident, innovative, decisive, unconventional, and humble. Our ladies have proven business models, have taken risks, and have failed only for success to follow. Join us as they share their stories, behaviors, habits, mindset thought processes, and what it is like to be a woman who means business. And now, here's your host, Amanda Bolin.
1: Hey there, She Did It Her Way listeners. Welcome to another episode of the She Did It Her Way podcast. Launching this at noon, 12 p.m. Central Time on Monday. Some of you may be listening to it on Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, whatever. But super grateful and thankful you guys are tuning in to this episode today and hope you had a fantastic weekend and uh, today we are launching episode 74 with Ali L Munzer who is the founder of Turquoise and Palm and she runs a online business that provides stock photos for small businesses, entrepreneurs and creatives because she found this need of small businesses and owners not having enough stock photography that really fit their businesses mission and intention and the products that they were selling. And also within this interview, we're going to talk about her journey and when she decided to leave corporate America to take photography and go out on her own. She was a lawyer and she passed the bar in Massachusetts. So if any of you are listening and know anything about Being a lawyer, you know that you have to take the bar exam, and that is an intense exam to the point where I know people in my life have had stress ulcers from it, and specifically my brother. And she took the bar exam in Boston, Massachusetts, and then picked up and moved to Michigan where her husband resided at the time. And so she retook the bar exam and was practicing lawyer in Michigan, but turned it all into and left being a lawyer to go into a solo business entrepreneur full-time and one of the quotes that she says in the interview, which I absolutely love, is from Henry Ford, is you can't build a reputation on what you are going to do. And it's allowing your actions to speak louder than your words. And so with that, coming up next, episode 74 with Allie L. Munzer. Hey, Well, Allie, I'm excited to have you on the She Did It Her Way podcast for our listeners as well. And uh, we have Allie L. Munzer, who is the founder of the lovely Turquoise and Palm Company that you guys are going to learn a lot about. But before that, I'm going to hand it over to Allie and have her share a little bit about what it is that she does now and then tell us, share your journey with how you got there.
2: Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, Amanda. I am super excited to be a part of your podcast Um, And so, yeah, a little bit about me is I'm originally from Boston, Massachusetts, and I um, went to college at the University of Miami in Florida, where I studied business with a specialization in marketing. And around my junior year, I decided that I wanted to go to law school, something that I'd always thought about but never seriously considered. So I took all the tests required and I ended up um, going to Suffolk University back in Boston and um after law school, I ended up moving to Michigan, which was where my now husband was living. And so, when I got there, I had to take the bar exam again, which I did yeah. and um, Yeah, I took you it in- Massachusetts.
1: poor thing.
2: Yeah, I took it in Massachusetts and then never practiced in Massachusetts and moved to Michigan and then <laughs> had to take it there. So, it's always fun. But um, yeah, I ended up working in commercial real estate, which um, actually the commercial real estate um, industry I enjoy, but the legal side of it, the leasing and all that, I just, I was, you know, frankly, I was just bored and I was uninspired and I really felt like I needed a creative outlet. And I had always, um, you know, been, um, a hobbyist in photography and I worked in a photography studio in high school. And so, you know, on the, I decided on the weekends I would start, photographing families and photographing weddings and just kind of, you know, using that as a creative outlet and then um, Eventually, I got to the point in 2010 that I was just really unhappy at my day job like I know a lot of people are and you know, luckily I had a supportive husband but I told him that I just wanted to to go out on my own and I wanted to start my photography business so I did that officially in 2010, and I was photographing, like I said, families and weddings, which I did right up until um, 2014, and that's when my husband and I moved down to Charleston, South Carolina, which is where we are now, which is a pretty awesome place to live. Um, and so when we moved, we moved, and then a month later, we had our first child. And so having um, you know our son changed everything for me because shooting weddings you would be gone for 8 10 12 hours on a Saturday. Hmm. And I honestly didn't want to do that. That was that you know my husband works a more traditional job and so he works during the week and the weekends were our time to spend as together as a family. And so I didn't want to sacrifice that time with my family to photograph weddings. So, you know, as I kind of looked for what else I could do, I ended up starting to shoot products for small business owners. So I would um, have people, other small business owners, send their products to me at my home. And I would then style and photograph the products and then just Mm. send them back to them. Um, So it was a really good way for me to be able to be home, but still be creative and still be
1: running my photography business. How did you come up with that idea?
2: Um, you know what, I guess I kind of put a feeler out in some of those Facebook groups, just saying, you know, does anyone, you know, cause I did them for free at first, just because I wanted to kind of see if people needed them. But, you know, I just knew, I saw that people had shops on Etsy and, you know, other e-commerce sites and the photos just weren't great. Mm-hmm. And I just knew that they could sell more product and they could, they could have, you know, charge a higher price if their photos really represented how great their product was
1: Mm -hmm, for sure. And then keep, uh, keep going on your story. Apologize for interrupting you on that one.
2: Um, no problem. So, um, I started to work with local businesses here in Charleston, um, kind of doing the same thing, just shooting their products or, um, you know, I work with a clothing company here that I love and I was just really seeing how it was changing these, these companies for the better. You know, the, the Charleston company that I worked with, they told me that after they used the photos on their site that I had taken that they had their best sales month ever. And that just made me so excited. Um, but they, you know, I also realized that a lot of these small business owners struggled with um, actually having enough photos to use and actually having photos that were appropriate for their brand and their business. And so um, I decided that I would start the Stock Gallery, which is a stock photography membership site. And it has basically over 1,400 styled and lifestyle photos that people can download and use for their business um, and for their social media to help them, you know, always have access to never have to struggle to have quality photography for their business. So that's what I've mostly been working on now is, is really, you know, just getting this name, the stock gallery out there and, you know, trying to help more business owners, you know, be. Mm -hmm.
1: And when did you launch turquoise and palm?
2: So turquoise and palm was, is my photography company that I started back in 2010.
1: And so then how do you create the collection of photos? I mean, is it just from all of the photos that you've taken with all your clients and then you get a release form from them or what's your strategy to compiling them?
2: Yeah. So, um, there is some of that. There's also, um, a lot of photographers do styled shoots, which is when you collaborate with other vendors. So it's It's pretty popular in the wedding industry where you have a florist and a bridal shop you know a dress shop and someone a stationer that does invitations and you bring everything together and you kind of create a mock shoot so I had done a lot of those um, when I lived in Michigan, so I had a lot of those type of photos that I could add to the stock gallery and then I also am. Um, constantly shooting styled photography, which more of the flat lay photography where people can use um, like canva or Photoshop and overlay their products into those photos. So even though they don't have actual professional photography of you know their product in a really beautiful setting, they can use um, you know like I mentioned Photoshop or canva or whatever program they use and overlay their photos their uh, products into the photo. So it looks like they have a really professional photo.
1: And how did you, speaking to the, the stock gallery, how did you build the strategy for that business? What was the plan behind that?
2: So to be honest, the plan for that started was with, it was going to be an Instagram um, stock gallery. So I was gonna have just a bunch of the images all in Instagram format. And I had that, you know, I had all the images cropped. I had them all ready to go. And I kid you not, I read in the Wall Street Journal like the day before I was gonna start really moving forward with the launch and all that. I read, Instagram now supports portrait and landscaped images. And I was like, oh "Oh, my goodness, are you kidding me? But I just said, okay, I just have to pivot. Um, you know, I have all these images in portrait and landscape and in high resolution. This is only going to make the stock gallery, um, more valuable to people and more usable. So that's kind of when I decided, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to have the images in portrait and landscape and high resolution, and I'm going to offer Instagram ready images as well. Um, and so that's how I kind of, that was kind of the strategy behind it. So as I was building it, I actually had to change you know, kind of, kind of mid process, but I'm glad I did. Now it it worked out, you know, the way things usually do. So
1: Mm -hmm. what's been your experience on building a membership site, such as the one that you have and how did you know what to price it at? And how did you come to that point?
2: Um, I would say that building a membership site of this nature, I had never done it before. I, I knew that, you know, people had, I just had never done it. I didn't have any experience in it. So for me, it's kind of been, I think, testing and changing. So especially with pricing, you know, I initially started with kind of a three month, six month, 12 month plan. And then I, you know, kind of tested it with people and got their thoughts and feedback and it sounded, and people, you know, either wanted a monthly option where they could sign up and then cancel any time or just to get kind of a discount and pay for the full year. And so that's where we are now. Um, So I have a monthly option and an annual option as well.
1: What have you learned about your customers and the people who purchase the the product, whether it's monthly or uh, like a year's worth? Like what have you learned about those customers?
2: Well, I've learned that these customers are very grateful, which is which is really awesome. You know, they're they're just people that are trying to build their business and they don't want to have to struggle with, you know, constantly searching for quality photography that that represents their brand. And so they're really thankful to have the stock gallery as well as
1: they give great feedback of what they want to see. And so what what have you learned about your audience in terms of the type of photos that they're looking for? And since, um, like what pieces of feedback are they giving you that they want more of?
2: Sure. I think that a lot of people are looking for that flat lay photography where they can put their products actually into the photo. Um, cause those are the kind of photos that really sell products on Etsy, um, because they're actually showing their product. Um, I think also people like different life style images where they're um where the i'm sorry amanda i'm really sorry excuse me
1: oh you're totally fine
2: god i keep like
1: do you need to grab water
2: yeah let me grab water real quick i'm so sorry oh
1: you're fine (laughs)
2: Okay. One more time.
1: Okay. Okay, Let me grab. Okay. Let me do this quick. Okay. So minute 20. Okay. (sighs) Okay. So you, you had mentioned about the members in your site and they'd give been giving you feedback. What have you found that they are asking more of in terms of photos or resources? Sure.
2: I think what they're really looking for is photos that they can use to feature their products. So they really like the flat lay photos where they can insert their product and then use those on their e-commerce sites or on Etsy. And then I think they also like to have some lifestyle shots, like basic shots just of, you know, really pretty sunsets or, um, you know, little party scenes just so they can supplement the photos they have with their products and then kind of bring some real life into their social media presence. So they may use, you know, a sunset photo and just say, you know, oh, had a great weekend. Hope yours was great too. You know, so it's just a really, a really easy way to kind of personalize your brand while keeping your
1: visual presence and your photography at a high level. Mm-hmm. And okay, so then and back to just creating the online membership and, and revenue, like how do you manage it and ensure that it, it's growing and that you're adding members and then just running the entire online platform?
2: Sure. So um, the site is built on a WordPress platform, and I do use a WordPress, WordPress plugin to kind of manage all my members. Um, which is a really great way to do it because I can see all the members and I can see when they joined and, you know, how long they joined for. So I'm able to manage it all that way. Um, So that side of it is not, is not as difficult. You know, what is difficult, I feel like is, is getting the word out there about the the stock gallery and, you know, continuing to show people the value um, that it has in their lives and in their business. And, you know, I think that, once people join, they're really happy they did. And, and you know, knock on wood, they, they've been staying members month after month because I'm always adding new photos. Um, but, yeah, I think that the true value or the true challenge is showing them, you know, the value and how not only it can change their business, but it can change their lives.
1: Mm-hmm. And so for you with um... – just to the entrepreneurial journey in and of itself, especially, I mean, I know you mentioned, so we're going back to the your journey and how you got here and you have your law degree, you moved from Boston to Michigan. And was there any difficulty in making the decision to go out on your own?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think it's always scary when you make a decision like that, but I was really, really lucky in that I had, a supportive husband and family. And you know, I think you always question, like, especially for me, I had spent all this money on law school and you know, I think it's looked at as a more prestigious career and and I was just walking away from that. And people would always say to me, oh, at least you have that to fall back on. And I wanted to say, no, that's not the point. I'm gonna succeed doing photography. I, I don't need that to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And so, you know that was that was difficult to hear, and and I honestly don't hear that as much anymore, which which is nice. But I know people had the best of intentions when they were saying it, but um, you know it was motivating to hear them say that. So, so it it was definitely a different, a difficult choice, but I I don't regret it at all, and I'm I'm so happy that I did.
1: Mm-hmm. What was the first six months of being out in your own life?
2: Definitely harder than I thought it would be. Um, it was a long time ago, so so I can't clearly remember, but I remember thinking, oh, I'll just do what all these other photographers in the area are doing, and I'll book all these weddings, and it wasn't, it, it quickly became, um, it quickly became clear to me that you can't just say, okay, I'm a photographer, you know, come hire me. There's there's so much legwork to do, and that you need to, you know, show your clients why they should hire you over the thousands of other photographers just in your in the same city as you. And you know, anyone can be a photographer these days. Um, you know, there's no requirements or certification or anything like that. So you really need to show that you are more. You give them more value than just photography. You need to show them that you you provide a really great experience overall, and that. If they don't hire you, that would be a
1: mistake. Hmm. What for? What advice do you have for someone who's just in the first six months of starting out?
2: I think that um, you know a couple pieces of advice. The first would be to be patient. Um, it's so easy to look at other people and think that they were just an overnight success. Uh, but chances are they really weren't, you know. So in those first six months, I think it's going to be harder than you think it is, and you're you're going to have to work harder than maybe you want to. But um, it's it's definitely worth it in the end, and it's it's definitely um, important to try to to find your what makes you unique in a very saturated market. So what makes you as a photographer? What makes your product different? You know, and what's the story around it? So. How can you really provide your customer, or your target o- audience with something different than what everyone else is doing?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: How, what was that process like for you in determining what made you different in being a photographer?
2: Yeah, I think it took me a long time to kind of figure it out because I was looking at all these other, other people and so I would just try to do what they were doing. And you soon realize that you can't just do what they're doing because you're not them. Um, and so I really, you know, tried to just be me and, and, you know, kind of make my website more personal about who I was and, and what I like to do. You know, I put some of my favorite things on my website. And, you know, one of those was that I love champagne. And so I would have people all the time. Even like, <laughs> people would be like, oh, I love champagne, too. You know, I would love to meet with you about being being my wedding photographer so i think just adding personal touches and trying to connect with people um instead of just keeping it so business and so um kind of rigid all the time i think that really helps and i think that's what helped me kind of find my unique voice and my unique story within the photography um
1: community Mm -hmm. and what what would you say is your biggest tip when it comes to photography
2: my biggest tip when it comes to photography is to practice, 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 practice. And I know people are like, oh God, I take all these photos and they're terrible, but I think practice with intention. So um, really try to to plan out what you're trying to achieve in the photo before you take it and then take steps to be able to achieve that photo. And then also not to, um, you know really not to stress if you take a bad photo i mean we live in a digital world you can take 10 photos and if they're all terrible you can delete them and try again so (laughs) some people are so scared of photography just just don't be scared take a lot of photos and you know test and change
1: Mm. and you had mentioned previously about having setting intentions before taking a photo can you give us an example and i know you also noted that photos Um, influence human emotion and emotional buying. Can you give us an example of what that process might look like when it comes to, okay, what's an intention and then how do you go about styling a photo to get the outcome that you desire? Sure, absolutely. So um,
2: I can use um, the example of, um, say your product is a colorful notebook. Um, So when I am going to style that colorful notebook, you need to really think about who is this notebook for. And so if this colorful notebook is, you know, um, more vintage appearing and the target audience is um, people that really like to do it themselves, you know, DIYers um, and people that are going to be you know, taking notes in this about what updates they need to make to their house and, you know, stuff like that, then I'm gonna style it in such a way that speaks to the, to the target audience. So I would maybe put the notebook on a piece of rustic wood. And then instead of using, you know, a fancy hot pink pen, I might just use a light pink pencil. And then I would use some really pretty flowers in kind of um, muted tones. And so the point being that I'm going to style the photo around in a way that appeals to my audience. So I want them to look at the photo and say, oh, I could see that being my desk. I could see that notebook on my desk. You know, I can see myself in that scene. And so once they can see themselves in that scene, they can see themselves using your product, then that's when they're going to they're gonna buy. Because they, their desk probably doesn't look like that. But in their mind, that's what, they, what's, that's what they want their desk to look like. That's how they picture themselves, you know, at their desk. So, so the goal is to try and, you know, speak to their emotions. And, you know, because we we're emotional buyers. We buy what we want, not necessarily what we need. Oh, no, so, yes. <laughs> you know? so, so you want to get them emotionally best invested in your product.
1: Hey, She Did Her Way listeners, I want to share something with you. We have a Her Way challenge going on right now. It is a 15-day challenge that starts at the beginning of every single month, dedicated and designed to help you achieve that one goal that you have set out for the month, and it's to give you a jumpstart for the first 15 days. Make sure you head on over to HerWayChallenge.com where you can sign up and receive all the emails and updates. And then make sure you head on over to Facebook and type in HerWayChallenge and you can be let into the private Facebook group as well where you can connect with other like-minded individuals and receive support and community from all of us inside the Facebook group. Is there? Have you found that there is a, a certain amount of time, let's take Instagram for example, a certain amount of time that it takes a business to build that relationship with their followers over a visual appearance?
2: Yeah, I think that the key with that is to be consistent. Um, I think that people expect to post one or two great photos and to just have this, this following of people but I think what happens is over time they want to see that you, you know, you need to have they say seven interactions before you're going to buy. So I think that consistently posting photos that really speak to your target market is what's going to make them buy and what's going to build your following. And then along with those photos, you can use the captions to kind of tell your story and again to kind of talk about how your product's unique or how people use your product or how you see people using your product. So I think that really takes, you know, quite a bit of time to, to build that trust and that
1: following. And for, um, just overall business for you, like what have you found talking about your daily life? Like, what have you found to be successful in operating your business and staying focused?
2: Well, um, my word for 2016 was focus because (laughs) I'm definitely someone that loves, loves to start new things and I always have new ideas and I love to start them and then they're going and I'm like, okay, on to the next. Um, So what I have done to stay focused this year is that I have committed to the stock gallery and I am just... Every day um, I am trying to do something that, you know, as we say, pushes the needle forward on my business. So if I'm stuck doing something that is just not pushing the needle forward on my business, then I'm going to stop doing it. And I'm going to either outsource it if it's something that has to be done, or I am going to just not waste time doing that at all. Like I'm not going to waste time, you know, watching a webinar on accounting. Because I don't want to do my accounting; someone else is going to do that for me.
1: <laughs> Amen yeah. to that.
2: Yeah. So it's really just focusing on the things that are going to push your business forward,
1: and outsourcing or getting rid of the rest. Mm-hmm. Do you use any? Do you have any um, tools or resources that you recommend to people in order to help them stay focused?
2: Yeah, um, I know that you had. Asked about books, and this book, it's called the Twelve Week Year, wow. and it's by Brian Moran and Michael Lennington. And I love this book. This uh, book talks about goal setting, planning, and executing in twelve-week cycles instead mm. of a full year. So when you set your goals, you're not setting your goals for a full year. And I think that the beauty of it is that you get a lot more done um, in 12 weeks than you would in a full year, because it's very easy to procrastinate on your goals when you have a whole year. But when you only have 12 weeks and you put a plan in place to execute those goals in 12 weeks, you get them done. I mean, I don't know about you, but I work best under a deadline. And so... (laughs) The twelve week year is is awesome for me, so I highly recommend that book. And there are a lot of like really inspiring and motivating quotes in it, which
1: I love. So I'm gonna have to go buy that. I have yet to hear that book, and I always get excited when new books come out of the woodwork.
2: Yeah, and it's not it's not like a book that's been written recently. I don't know when exactly it was written, but I read it for the first time a few years ago, and I just picked it up a little while ago again. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend it.
1: Mm. Awesome. Just a few a few more questions and then we'll land the plane. But what what would you say, what are you most grateful for today?
2: Oh God, what, what isn't there to be grateful for? I I'm love
1: like, it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I really was standing on my back porch today and as long summer. I was just thinking, gosh, I am just so grateful. Like I know there are a lot of terrible things going on in this world, but I'm just so grateful to, to be where I am and just the small things. I mean, more specifically, of course, my family and being able to to live in a place where I can, you know, run my own business and I, that affords me a lifestyle that I love. And, you know, I, I'm just grateful for, for everything. I don't know. I'm, I'm definitely a positive person, so... I'm grateful for a lot of things.
1: Mm -hmm. What, okay. What, what is the one thing you do when you feel like when, when things are just going crazy and a lot of pressure and a lot of stress, what is the one thing you do to help get to refocus and recenter?
2: So, I would definitely say that I exercise. I exercise almost every day. I think that really helps me just, you know, feel better to get mentally focused. Um, I also will kind of do a brain dump and just write down all the things that are on my mind, the things that need to get done. And then from there, organize them into, okay, what needs to get done right now? What needs to get done in the future? And then from there, break it down even further and kind of time block my day and say, okay, I have 15 minutes here. What can I do in that 15 minutes to, to kind of push me towards getting done what I need to do? And so just kind of going through that whole process, usually at the end of it, I'm like, oh, I, I didn't have as much to do as I thought I did, or I'm not as overwhelmed, I'll be able this deadline you know because i think we make things
1: worse in our minds Mm -hmm. yeah i always say my mentor has coined the term of pole vaulting over mouse turds (laughs) in the sense that we like build these things up and make them so big in our minds and it's like really it's not that big but yeah crazy all right so what is it um if you leave our audience with one piece of advice or like a mantra that you have that you follow, maybe it's a quote or a way of living. What, what is that one piece? Um, Hmm. Let me think,
2: you know, one that I I just kind of sent out in, in my newsletter, that I read recently is um a quote by Henry Ford and it says you can't build a reputation on what you're going to do Mm. and I just love that because there are so many times where you know I'm like oh yeah I'm gonna do that oh yeah I'm gonna do that and then you know I don't do it and you, you can't build a reputation and credibility that way and so you know I really try to remember that when I'm coming up with all these ideas and making my list of things to do, I think, okay, what am I really going to do?
1: That's a fantastic quote. Allie. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. For coming on. Do you have any other words, wise words that you want to share with our audience? No, I think, you know, I just really hope that, you know,
2: this podcast was, was helpful and that there were some takeaways in, in here. And, you know, I, I just really love being part of, you know, a small business community with other creative entrepreneurs. And, you know, I'm, I'm always here if people want
1: to reach out for collaborations or or anything like that. So fabulous. Well, we will make sure to get everything in the show notes so our listeners can get a hold of you guys. So thank you again, Allie, so much.
0: Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to the She Did It Her Way podcast. Did you like this episode? Head on over to iTunes.com to leave us a rating and a review. We would love to hear from you. And don't forget to check out shediditherwaypodcast.com where you can subscribe to our email list so you can receive the inside scoop on our latest episode released each Monday. Now, do us a favor and go make it a great week.
1: She Did It Her Way listeners. Amanda here, your host. And I want to share with you guys that I'm excited that She Did it Her Way has partnered with your podcast guru to help produce audios and logistics for the show. She Did It Her Way. If any of you are looking to get into podcasting, definitely check out yourpodcastguru.com.